Welcome back, sports fans. We know some of you were scared that we hadn't come back from a hiatus between our seasons. But fear not, sports fans, because we're back with season two of Sports Resorts. And fear not, sports fans, we're going to tell you everything that you could have possibly missed between our last episode and this one in a segment we're calling The Rundown. Start the clock. Kevin Durant has a fake Twitter account that he uses to defend himself. Gordon Hayward was trying to do his best secretariat impression this season five and a half minutes in and shattered his ankle. Steph Curry told Donald Trump that he didn't want to go to the White House, so Donald Trump uninvited the whole team. There's an all-star injured reserve list in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr., Allen Robinson, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Greg Olson, Julian Edelman, and kicker Sebastian Janikowski. All of those injuries probably mean your fantasy team sucks. Speaking of sucks, Michigan football is terrible. At two losses with championship aspirations, they have fallen out of the top 25. After making their way into the playoffs, both the Cubs and the motorcycles fell before they could make their way back to the World Series. Mayweather beat McGregor, they both got rich, and nobody's happy about it. Cam Newton has had a lot of problems with press conference, first insulting the entire X chromosome, and then insulting myself by not answering any questions. Yeah, Oikos dropped him too! Colin Kaepernick is suing the NFL, saying that it was collusion to keep him out of the league. Bulls on the sad parade. Clinton Portis and Nikola Morotic got into a scuffle before a practice where Portis punches Morotic in the face. One's gone for two weeks with a broken face. One's gone for eight games as punching his teammates. The winner is no one. There was a Lynx-Sparks rematch in the WNBA title for the second year in a row, but this time the Lynx came out victorious. Major League Soccer is still a thing. I'm Holy. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth Smith, and this is Sports Retorts. Ah! Meow, meow, meow. So, Joe, as we found out in the rundown, it's already been a pretty gruesome year for the NFL but what I would like to know is how you think all of these gruesome teams match up to an analogous movie villain Mary Beth I am so glad that you asked it has been a very spoopy year with lots (laughs) of creppy plays (laughs) and just Moments that give you the hibby-jibbies. So, I'm here to tell you which scary movie franchise villain different NFL franchises are. I think the most obvious one has to be the Philadelphia Eagles, who I am going to say are Jigsaw from the movie Saw. Because they're, yeah, be scared. Because they're finally putting it all together. All of the puzzle pieces are coming together. And now the New York Giants are going to have to cut off their foot to be able to escape from the cellar of the (laughs) NFC East. They're not even going to escape at this point. They're just going to be left there footless. Unfortunately, that is true. (laughs) uh, Because the Giants appear to be at Sleepaway Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, 
with uh, both of their starting wide receivers out for the season. Oh. Eli Manning has helped them achieve one win so far in seven games. So it appears that they are all just sleeping peacefully while the killer is stalking outside the cabin. Rest in peace, New York Giants. And that killer that is stalking outside of the, the cabin... That's Ben McAdoo as Jason Voorhees, slowly <laughs> killing everything that he loves. Sticking in the NFC, tied for the second best record in the league are the Los Angeles Rams. Is Jared Goff, last year's fo- first overall pick, really putting it all together? Or is this all just a dream? Watch out for that lousy smart weather, because here comes Freddy Krueger! <laughs> Dressed up in the mishmash of uniforms that the Los Angeles Rams and Stan Cranky think, yeah, this is good. <laughs> oh, God, terrible. <laughs> Trying to wear their white and blue helmet with their blue with gold accented jerseys is the same as wearing a red and green striped sweater and fedora. <laughs> Just fucking kill me. Some other scary things happening in the NFL. Unfortunately, for Atlanta fans, the Falcons are the mummy. They are slowly turning to dust before our eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> as body parts fall off and they crumble and die. Or if you wanted to look at this from a meta perspective, they are Tom Cruise is the mummy and just nobody wants to watch because it's hard to look. <laughs> uh, a few more here. The Indianapolis Colts with their, we shall say, broad-headed quarterback, Andrew Luck, are <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> he needs a new shoulder. He could also use some dental work while we're at it. And they need a friggin' jolt of electricity to be anything that resembles alive. The Jacksonville Jaguars, tied for first place in the AFC South with a 4-3 and three record, are coming in. As the Wolfman, because you Uh-oh. never know if you are just going to get a standard, ordinary man who may lose to the Buccaneers 12-8, to lose to the Titans 37-16, lose to the Jets 23-20, lose to the Rams 27-17, or if you are going to get a fearsome, toothful, hairy bastard Wolfman breathing down your neck, the same kind that beats the Patriots 31-24... Beats the Falcons 13-7. Beats the Texans 29-7. Beats the Ravens 44-7. Beats the Steelers 30-9. Or shuts out our Frankenstein Colts 27-0. With absolute night and day, all that Jaguar fans can hope for is that every game is a full moon. Although it appears to be at best every other week. Which is confounding astrologists. <laughs> I can't wait to see their new uniforms of ripped jeans and a torn <laughs> a dress plaid shirt. shirt. Yeah, that's absolutely it. I was going to say, at least from the AFC North's perspective, the moon is always full. Yes. They have absolutely <laughs> owned that division. Yeah. They made the Ravens and the Steelers look like total chumps. Well, Jaguars get to face the Bengals this week, and then the Browns in three weeks. <gasps> Uh, oh no, we're gonna die. <laughs> uh, ooh. ooh, spooky scary. And our final scary movie monster NFL team for you is the New England. 
Patriots. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you had started the comparison yet. <laughs> no, that is the appropriate reaction. Because even when they look like they're dead, even when there is no sign of life, you cannot count out Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. They will come after you walking the same speed they always do, and they're somehow going to catch you, and they're somehow going to kill you. <laughs> Mike Myers in Halloween. In fact, in two years, in uh, 2019, that will be Tom Brady's H2O in the in the league. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so they will continue to be scary and continue to kill all of us virgins in their pursuit for greater glory. <laughs> Mary Beth, back to you. <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match Welcome back, boys and goos. For our season premiere, we wanted to do the spoopiest, creppiest episode we could think of as we are approaching Halloween, everyone's favorite non-gift-giving, non-have-to-see-your-family holiday. (laughs) So we have decided... Uh, to take each of our three individually favorite sports and do something super spooky. Uh, So, Hooli, you are going to start us off with basketball and a little session of a trick or treat. I hope it's not mallow cups. <laughs> I like a mallow cup. Ugh. Ugh. Really? I'd rather have a mallow cup than one of those generic, like, b- black and orange wrapped, oh, oh yes. sticky balls of disgusting. Of yeah, nothing. they don't, I don't even know have names. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I didn't know how to describe it to you, but you know that bullshit. Yeah, the crinkly stuff. Yeah, fuck that. That's a trick. But Hooli has got some treats for us. I sure do. So what I'm going to do is is go through and talk about a couple of NBA teams and whether or not they are indeed a treat, they are a great team and will do well, or are a trick, and their off-season moves have done nothing. And I'll start it off with this one, MB. Much like your orange and black candy, the Brooklyn Nets are for sure a trick. I don't care that they added D'Angelo Russell. I don't care that they added Timothy Mozgov. They're not the Bulls, but they still won't be good. (laughs) Uh, I almost feel like D'Angelo... I feel about D'Angelo Russell the same way Louis Black feels about candy corn. Where it's like, oh, yeah, high draft pick, good college. Oh, he should should be good. Ah, goddammit! (laughs) (laughs) Screwed again! Every year. Well, what, uh, what teams do you got for me? Who who would you like to know is either a trick or a treat? Well, we, we picked a couple ones that we want to hear about. Uh, I want to hear about the L.A. Lakers next. Are those guys tricks or treats? The L.A. Lakers are a trick this year 
turning into a major treat next year. Ooh. They are a trick this year because they traded away the aforementioned Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell. In return, they brought in Kid Can't Play, a.k.a. Catavius Caldwell Pope from the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. They are paying him a buttload of money this year on a one-year contract. And then, poof, vanished, gone. The treat next year is having two max players. Nice. So, would you say that they're a not now, later? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are a trick or treat of not now, but later. Thank you, MB. <laughs> not now, but later. There it is. <laughs> uh, how about who we, we talk about the, I don't know, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I like those guys. Yeah, I liked them too in 2012 when they were all healthy. Damn, damn, damn. But you know, Joe, you know, between Derrick Rose's knee, between Derrick Rose's other knee, between Derrick Rose's ankle, between any of the other myriad of injuries that that team has had. Derrick Rose's, between Derrick Rose's ears where his brain (laughs) tells him that he's going to actually play through a basketball season. Yes. All of those things are injured. Between IT's hip, between LeBron's hairline, it is all a mess. (laughs) You guys will do great in the East. Which means... Thank you, I'm going to stop listening. (laughs) Which means that you still won't be good enough to handle whomever comes out of the West. Because at this point, the Warriors are not firing in all cylinders. And there are some other teams that look like they are actual traits and can do well. So I am going to give them a trick. And they're a Kit Kat bar because they keep breaking off in small parts. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, if you just listen to our bones, it sounds like we're a crackle bar. Uh, but that's... You're right there. Break right me up there. a piece of those Cleveland Cavs. All right, let's move uh, back to the West. Uh, what do you see in Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City is a treat, pure and simple. Mm. They said that there weren't enough balls on the court for them to share. I disagree. There is never enough sweet balls of candy in a bag. You can never have enough. The point guard situation seems to be working itself out well. Westbrook doesn't care about not scoring as long as he's dishing. Mello seems to be hitting threes, which is nice. And PG-13 is doing what he's going to do. So between Hoodie Mello, PG-13, and Westbrook, they are the three musketeers of basketball. What a lovely treat. Amazing. All right, Hoodie. Let's go with... Since you, you beat up on the old Kit Kat bars, let's go hear about your Celtics. Okay. The Celtics, depending upon when it is in the season, at five and a half minutes in, they were a treat. They looked to be scoring Aww. well. They were going to do fantastic things. They had depth on the bench. And then basically at 535, they became a trick. Wow. We wish Gordon a speedy recovery. But, man, that did not look good. Anyone who followed that injury, it was right up there with PG-13 and Joe Theismann and any other terrible sports injury. We wish him a speedy recovery, but for the Celtics, it means that they are absolutely a trick this year. They can't compete even with your broken Kit Kat bars at this (laughs) point. They're not going to be able to do anything sustainable. The only good thing is seeing all of these young draft picks, Tatum and Brown being able to get more advanced minutes. 
So with the caveat of them, we're supposed to be good, but are actually bad, I'm going to go with Circus Peanuts. <laughs> I think that's pretty harsh, man. I kind of see him as, he had a big bag full of candy, and then five minutes into your trick-or-treating, it just ripped a huge hole in the side. <laughs> the oh. candy just gushed out. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah, I, I know you're trying to be unbiased with your Circus Peanuts analogy, but I... We I did. Had a, you had a great bag, man. Yeah. It's such a nice bag. It feels candy. like an incomplete haul now. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to, yeah, compare uh, what it, what could have been. You're right. Ripped pillowcase is the Celtics candy. <laughs> Let's finish it off going back to the West. Tell us about the Houston Rockets. Trick or treat. This one's a little bit tougher. It could go either way. There were some preseason scuffles reportedly between Harden and Paul and who wants to play what, but they have been playing fantastic together. They are an absolute treat. They came out, they beat the Golden State Warriors on opening night in Love front it. of wow. everyone. It was a huge win. Both Especially for them to be out of Houston. I mean, they can take any W's they can get right now. Yeah. Absolutely they can. Yeah. They are not doing well in the series so far. Game two was better. But the Houston Rockets are going to, I feel like, do very well. Sam Decker seems to actually be playing this year, which is odd. So he's a nice long wing that they have that can go out and play. I'm actually going to go ahead and say treat. And a very good treat. Not only are they going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but I think that Houston can actually make it to the NBA Finals next year. Wow. This year. They're in a super wow. high-powered offense. I really think that they are... I mean, Warriors are going to be the Reese's Cups. That's going to be Alpha Candy. Yeah. But I really think... Alpha Candy. It is. The, the pumpkin-sized Reese's Absolutely, Cup. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. No arguments here. Yeah. The Warriors are the full-size Snicker bar that you get at the Rich House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think that the Rockets can be the full-size Butterfinger bar. I really like Butterfingers. Who does hey, it? man, no arguments here. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go treat. They're gonna do real well for themselves. Look out for those Rockets. Not a dark horse, but certainly a horse in the race. Nobody better lay a finger on my Houston Rockets. At the moon and bay, werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Continuing with our spooky theme, we're moving <laughs> into our we're moving into the fall classic. At this point, we have a couple of teams in the World Series. The Houston Astros, the L.A. Dodgers, MB. I don't know who these people are. Can you help us pull some masks off or put some on and tell us a little bit more about these teams, costume-wise? Absolutely, my friends. Uh, first of all, I'll give you a quick rundown. They're going to be the kinds of mnemonics and quick reminders of what kind of costumes these guys wear as... L.A. Dodgers number two pitcher Rich Hill looks like he's probably missing a House Republican budget meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you see a guy who looks like he's supposed to be at Capitol Hill and his jersey also says Hill, <laughs> great starting pitcher right there. Man, 
one of the men of the hour in this series, a uh, highly talked about prospect for the AL MVP, and depending on how the series goes, MVP of that as well, Jose Altuve. This guy is constantly dressed as Ant-Man because he has the same power <laughs> distribution mechanics. <laughs> that is 10 tons of power packed into a 5'6 frame, and I can't wait to watch him for the rest of the series. On the other side of the dugout, Yasil Puig of the LA Dodgers is also super into ants. He licks them off his bat. He shaves little ant farm tracks into his scalp. In fact, uh, I'm not convinced Yasil Puig isn't just an anteater. So we'll see how the battle of those two all-stars will pan out. Moving into a couple of the rookies for the teams, rookie Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros looks like the quiet kid that you never heard speak a word in middle school, even when he was called on in class who quietly got jacked as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you see Alex Bregman's Facebook pictures and are like, holy shit, who catfished this guy? Uh, On the other side of the field, rookie Cody Bellinger for the LA Dodgers has been making noise all year. The best way to remember this guy is he's kind of like Aaron Judge, but if Aaron Judge wasn't a horse... So, if we're talking analogies here, Aaron Judge is to horse as Cody Bellinger is to gazelle, as Chris Taylor, fellow LA Dodgers rookie, is to one of those big-eyed puppies on Lisa Frank posters. (laughs) That guy is adorable, and he is also very good at baseball. Uh, Both of these teams picked up an incredible veteran pitcher, right around the trade deadline that have really made them able to absolutely force their way into this World Series. On the Astros side of things, I'm talking about Justin Verlander. This guy has been in the league forever, and a lot of people want to see the Astros pull it off so that he gets a ring. Look for, if you're not familiar with Justin Verlander somehow, look for the guy trying not to look at Nolan Ryan sitting behind the plate at Minute Maid while everyone else on the field is trying not to look at Kate Upton. (laughs) (laughs) On the Dodgers side of things, they made a pretty late trade for the Texas Rangers' U Darvish. He's certainly got so many comparisons to Verlander, not just as this late pickup vet. He, after Verlander led the AL for strikeouts in 2011 and 2012, you Darvish took over in 2013. These are the guys you want on the bump in the World Series. But the biggest difference between you Darvish and Justin Verlander is that you Darvish looks impossibly young. He should be skateboarding, but he's got three kids and probably a great 401k. (laughs) (laughs) Rounding the bases to the backstop. Okay, guys, I know you're going to know this one. You're both super familiar. He's bald. He's got a pretty scraggly, light brown beard. He started his career with the Atlanta Braves. And when he's not catching, he's going to be a designated hitter. All right, on three, I want you guys to say it at the same time. One, two, three. Brian McCann. Wait. Brian McCann. Brian 
Gaddis. Okay, guys, you guys remember that ad campaign for Reese's? You got some of your peanut butter in my chocolate. Yeah. And got some of your chocolate in my peanut butter. Those two bros are the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups <laughs> of the Houston Astros. Everything I said applies to Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis. They both got a start in Atlanta. They even played there as a battalion for a couple of years before McCann got shipped north and Gaddis got shipped west. It is a joy for me to watch them playing together again. They've both been really pretty strong in the postseason, and I'm excited to see how this bald battalion continues to lead the Astros to victory. Uh, if I may, they're also still wrapped up in a delicious orange wrapper, much like the Reese's Cups. <laughs> Bringing it all the way around. Number eight, also in orange, uh... Justin Turner of the L.A. Dodgers basically looks like if Ed Sheeran got stuck in Jumanji. <laughs> uh, Justin Turner comes out on the field yelling, what year is it? Uh, every time. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually why Ed Sheeran sings about uh, loving that girl since he was 17 because it's like the last time he can remember actually not being in Jumanji oh. anyway that was heartbreaking he just went to his dad's factory and oh, I remember it all like it was yesterday I hope that's a pretty decent rundown for you guys if nothing else it gives you a starting point for you know tennis players that are rounding out what I hope to be a wonderful series Winding down in our season two premiere, before we get to our final walk-off question, I do want to announce a new weekly award that we will be issuing for the rest of the NFL regular season, and that is the Emily Labby Fantasy Player of the Week. Uh, who is Emily Labby? That is uh, my fiance. She is the love of my life. And she wanted to award uh, the Fantasy Player of the Week mantle to... Washington Potatoes tight end Jordan Reed. Uh, we got onto a flight Monday night, and Emily was down by one point. And when we got off, he uh, Jordan Reed had ended up scoring twenty five points, two touchdowns in the second half. Uh, so sorry, Uncle Lou. This was our fantasy league. Uh, and Emily said that I should talk about Jordan Reed on uh, today's podcast. So I am, and uh, we have this award. Uh, so congratulations, Jordan Reed for being the inaugural winner of the Emily Labby Fantasy Player of the Week. Ghouls, gentlemans, I have a very spooky walk-off for you both. <laughs> if you could be one Halloween costume done to perfection, every bell, every whistle, every everything you could ever want on that costume, what costume would you be? Easy. Iron Man Hulkbuster armor. 
Nice. Thank you. Like, didn't even have to think about it. That's <laughs> oh my god. So obviously what I would want all the time. Oh I would my wear god. it all year. Mine would absolutely be uh, Cassie from the Inworms morphing into a wolf. Like, <laughs> nice. I could throughout the night just like go from like an innocent farm girl to a wolf. <laughs> I would love that. Mine is similar but very different. I've always been fascinated with were you know, were panther, werewolf, but I've always wanted to be a were building. Like most of the time, I'm fine. <laughs> But then on a full moon, I turn into a 30-story, fully functional office building for the night. I think that's the next Pixar movie. (laughs) What happens to the overnight janitors when you turn back in the morning? They clean out my intestines. Oh, good. Oh. They're good bacteria. Yeah. I think that's all we've got for you guys this week. Thanks for sticking around with us through some spooky minutes. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Joe on Facebook. It's dot com slash and the Joe and Instagram sports underscore retorts. You can also rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or how, whatever your podcaster of choice is. And that's a great way to let people know that the show exists is by telling people that you listen to it or at least telling us that you like it. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.